Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everybody, it's Lloyd Spence and I am excited about where we are headed as we're getting closer and closer to the NBA playoffs and man, you can tell things are heating up. So now I got to get in position. I got to get you in position to get you over to betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your, wait for it, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So get on over there to betonline.ag, betonline.ag, your online sports book experts. Come on, man. Tell them the noisemaker sent you. Man, I wish I could get back to fishing on the weekends, back like I did back in the day when I was a wee lad. But I can't, man. The time is... Okay, let me just be honest. I can't find the right stuff. I don't know the right baits to go get for Texas. But I'm glad our new sponsor, Monster Bass, is the fun and affordable way to get the best new baits from the fishing industry's top brands delivered to my doorstep each month. Premium subscription fishing company that handpicks the best baits based on where I live and where you live and fish. No more guessing on which baits are going to work. Just leave it to the pros at Monsters Bass. They know what to do. Basically, it's like having your own personal fishing guide. It's changing the way bass fishermen shop for baits. They're quickly becoming the number one fishing brand of anglers everywhere. They got the best baits from the best brands, and you're covered by the industry's best customer service. So, if you want to catch a bigger bass this season, head on over to Monsters Bass dot com and use the code ACC10 to get $10 off your first box. That's monstersbass.com. Use the code ACC10 to get $10 off your first box. Sign up for Monsters Bass now. Tell them your boy Lloyd Spence sent you. Popcorn World. Charlie Ward. 
Free TV and Burnham Hall of Famer, Kenton Haskins. And Mr. Talking Noise himself, and of course, Mama Noise, Lloyd Smith. And now, it's time for Believe in the ACC. As I was telling my uh, illustrious co-host, Mr. Charlie Ward, prior to the start of this show, I'm really excited about this draft. I'm really excited. I don't know. It's just, it feels like this is going to be a really good draft. And a lot of the excuses that a lot of teams have had are going to be eliminated. Because you can't say you don't have a quality whatever. Like, we, we won't be able to say after this draft that there wasn't an opportunity to get a quality receiver. At where we're picking at 11, we should be able to get a quality receiver. You know what I mean? Receiver and DB is very deep in this draft. DB, receiver, uh, I would even argue that even offensive tackle, there's a nice, there's a plethora of choices that you can go to. And I think yeah. the ACC is going to be well represented in this draft. I, I agree with you there. Yeah. I agree with you. I think the between, between Trevor up. Lawrence, uh, Travis Etienne, Bunch of linemen. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think we got we got a we got a nice draft. You two at well. Yeah. You got you got his agent draft. just emailed me like 10 minutes ago. Did he really? They were saying that he's available for an interview. I bet he is. Hey, don't you do a show with Charlie Ward? We would love to have listen, bring him on. We'd love to talk to him on Wednesday. Hmm. <laughs> We love to talk to him. It's, it's like, I, I'm a huge Tutu Atwell guy, and um, I, I crack up because they keep harping on Devonte Smith's uh, slight of size. I'm like Tutu's smaller than him. <laughs> they keep talking about Devonte Smith. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think Tutu's going first round though. He's no, he's not. He's not. But yeah. I mean, but they act like Devonte Smith is like. Some anomaly. I'm like Tutu Atwell is smaller than him, and there's been smaller guys that's been drafted. That's true. Hey, what is uh, Tutu Atwell's real name? Shatarius. I'm sorry. What? Yep. Shatarius. Shatarius. And I'm I may or may not be saying it right, but that's how it's spelled. Shatarius. <laughs> well, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, you know how the Floridians are with the names. Man, is that that is like <laughs> the quintessential Florida thing? You know what? Let me just let me see what I, name I can come up with that's gonna put this child in the trick bag for the next five years. Uh, <laughs> um, they'll always they'll always know what his ethnicity is. Oh yeah, there'll be no guesswork there. No guesswork there whatsoever. <clears throat> well, that's Kendrick Haskins, that voice you just heard laughing there. That's the Hall of Fame uh, Fern Creek legend Kendrick Haskins, Wave 3's uh, finest. That's Charlie That's Charlie Ward over there, Hall of Famer. Uh, Heisman, the only Heisman Trophy winner we have so far, although we're getting closer to our goals. 
We get Florida State's finest. At Florida State's <laughs> finest. And thespian extraordinaire. We and the thespian. thespian. He's not only the only Heisman Trophy winner, he's the thespian in the group. He is a <laughs> thespian. Uh, <laughs> only Netflix thespian. Huh? How did I earn that title? I think, I, I think you know, Charlie. I think you're you, on Netflix, you, Charlie. You, you want us to yeah, I got I got a picture of Charlie Ward uh, the other day by random one of the guys that's on the part of the network here at Noise Media. He said, "Hey man, I'm sitting here watching Netflix and the episode of this show called Family Reunion, and up pops Charlie Ward." <laughs> we need Charlie like holding a skull. <laughs> to me or not to me? Really? That, that is, is the question. <laughs> How did that happen, Charlie? Are you just—I mean, besides the obvious that you are an extraordinary actor, let's just start with that. Uh, how did this happen? I must not be a very good actor. I can't get on. Uh, yeah, they—they they, they, they house. Yeah, house commercials. I'm just saying, man. I don't understand that either, Charlie. But. I don't understand it either. It's all about who you know. Just like I was able to get on this deal. Uh, <laughs> but Charlie, you know the Heisman people. The thing is called the Heisman House. <laughs> I mean, well, hell, well, Lamar Jackson was the Heisman Trophy winner. He wasn't on the Heisman House for three years after he won it. <laughs> that, that is a great point. That is a great point. It's all about who you know, who's making the who's making the deals, the cast cast director, and all that. So that's well, uh, we need to send them the tape of family reunion. So they can see that Charlie Ward has the skills. Yeah, give me some some play. Yeah, yeah. give me <laughs> some play. Let's go. Come on now. Actually, the uh, scene was uh, like from Georgia, and you know, one of the, you know, like the writer writing is from Georgia. The story. Oh wow! So that kind of played a big played a I say a part in. You know the way that where it was written, um, and then part of my team uh, knows the writer. So, and so it was, it was a uh, not an easy sell, but just a nice plug. But listen, you did a great job. It was a funny episode, uh, and I don't want to give. Charlie has a team. Let's not ignore that. Oh, yeah, he he said my this. team. And I apologize. There's nobody else on this. There's nobody else on this podcast that has a team. Oh, you do have a team. <laughs> well, I have a team. I, I just, I don't, I just don't call you a team. Well, well, evidently, I'm the one slacking. You're I don't have slacking. no team. We, the rest of us got teams, brother. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, kid. I got a team, brother. Let me just tell you. Okay. Um, <laughs> I need to step him up. You're, you're over there riding solo. You might need to find somebody. <laughs> <laughs> We'll go well to help you out, man. I'm just saying. <laughs> we're going to hook you up with some people, uh, Carrie, so that you're not right out here in these streets without a team. Uh, <laughs> we got to make that happen, bro. We got to make that happen. Uh, like we said, I think the NFL is going to feel the impact of the ACC, and we just wanted to maybe hit you guys with some names that you may or may not be familiar with uh, coming out of the ACC and into the draft. Names. And I heard a quote. Uh, that I thought was really good, and it was from the wide receiver from Cleveland, not Odell, but the other one. 
Landry. Landry. Jarvis Landry. He said, your position in the draft means nothing. That's what he said. He said, he said it means nothing relative to your success. He said, oh, do you know how many guys? Right. And he's right. He's 100% right. So, and, and I think you're going to see that, especially in this draft, because there is talent everywhere. And the evaluations of these players, I think, are off. I don't think you're seeing accurate evaluations because there was no way to see accurate evaluations. You just have to go by what you've seen in in 19 and what you saw on a tape and pray to God that that was enough. So I think I think you're going to see some interesting things this year. So we'll start at Boston College. Um, Hunter Long is the tight end that's projected to go in the fourth round. Uh, Isaiah McDuffie is, is the inside linebacker that's projected to go in the sixth round. Those are the two. How biggest big names, he, I would say, from Boston College. How big is McDuffie? Because he plays big. I don't know. Uh, he does play big. Um, that is a great question. One I should have anticipated you asking me. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this. Uh, no, 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 I didn't. I could have looked him up. No, uh, no, no, no. I'll find it for you, John. I got it. I got it right here. It's just, it's, it's. I'm not curious, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear someone say that. The position of where you get drafted is not a big deal. I mean, you know, there may be some signing bonus differences. Yeah. But when it's all said and done, it's really about getting to the second contract anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Regardless of who you are, what you get out. Right. So that that means if you can get to the second contract, then you're you're gonna be good. So if you get drafted in the third round, um, and you have a good Three to four years, three years. Or so, you know, your goal, your goal is to try to get to that second contract. That's where most people make their the majority of their money. Yeah, Isaiah um, McDuffie, six one, two hundred and twenty seven pounds. Well, that's uh, I mean, that's a decent size. It is for for I'm sure. You know, it'll be you'd be much better if he was a little taller, a little bigger, but. Charlie, yeah. let me ask you this question. Still, still, I like him. Let me ask you this question. I'm going to ask you this early. How much of this is this is a horrible question to ask, and it's disrespectful to most teams that we're about, we're talking about tonight, but I'm going to ask you <laughs> this way. How much of you playing on a bad college team plays into where you're drafted? A bad college team? Plays- yeah, so if you're if – you're, a good player on a bad team. And so you're you can't shine, so to speak. How much does that play into I perfect example, and I'll jump down to Duke real quick. Well um I mean it if you're right. a bad team and you're a good player, I mean yeah. most times you can shine because you you're gonna stick out like a sore thumb. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, you know, even though, depending upon the position now, if you're a quarterback and your line is terrible, then yes. I mean, you're not going to – I mean, even if you have some success, it will be, you know, commendable. But, I mean, you've seen uh, people put up great numbers on bad teams, and it's because their team is not very good and they're – 
shining, you know, as, as a as a very good player. So uh, I don't think that has any bearing on draft status, maybe in the first round. But after that, I mean, I think you kind of earn your, your keep. But, like, give you to that same point you just made, let's say uh, a team like Duke. So you got Chris Rumpf who's projected outside linebackers projected to go in the fourth round. You've got um, Noah Gray tight end projected to go sixth round. And then Michael Carter, a cornerback was projected to either be a seven round pick or a free agent. Duke didn't have a great season, but here are three players that are projected to go play in the NFL. So is it their fault? Like you said, that they stick out like a sore thumb yeah, they got beat 70 to nothing, but maybe Michael Carter was doing his job the whole night. He just – he can't cover the whole field. Well, I mean, like I said, those guys – I mean, if you're a good player, um, regardless of what your team is doing, and Duke was competitive for, you know, three quarters. Duke's competitive, most, yeah. yeah most, of the, most of the year. They were the best three-quarter team in, in the nation. Yeah, it was just four quarters together. Yeah, so you, you didn't know which three was going to be the, 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 <laughs> the But that's the thing, you know. So their team was bad in the sense of, uh, you know, record-wise. Uh, but you're still going to have good players, you yeah. know, on a bad team. Yeah. Um, and then those guys, sometimes if you, you may get one outlier, you know, but most teams want winners. Um, yeah. coming from winning programs, but that doesn't mean that if you don't win, you're not going to get drafted high. Well, speaking of that, we got Clemson, and uh, they've got at least four players projected to go in the first four rounds. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence expected to go first overall. Uh, Travis Etienne's his grades are mixed. Some say first, late first, early second. Uh, Jackson Carmen, the tackle there, uh, they're saying second or third. And then Amari Rogers is probably the, the anomaly of the entire Clemson receivers. Some I've seen drafts where they say he's third, fourth round. I've seen drafts that say he may drop as far as fifth and sixth. So I don't know about Amari Rogers. Um, I'm I'm curious to see what happens with him, but I think he's a steal wherever you get him, personally. I think, he's think gonna, those? I think Amari Rogers gonna is gonna go second, third round. Really? Okay. Yeah. Somebody will somebody will um step up and take him. He's gonna he's it's gonna be I think he's gonna be one of those kids that is on somebody's board and they they don't expect him to fall to the point where they can get him on their board. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think that's where he's going to fall. There are a lot of players or uh, not, I won't say players. I'll say it this way. There's a lot of students that don't blossom in high school. They blossom in college. Is this one of those situations where a lot of these players, they, they just, for whatever system they ended up in in college, it, it didn't quite fit the way they thought it would. But, man, when they go to the pros, boom. It's like they become a different person. Is Amari Rogers that kind of player? No, I mean – I don't think – I don't know about him. Okay. He was good. I mean, he had Trevor Lawrence was his quarterback. I mean yeah. – <laughs> I mean, he was very, very productive. Right. Uh, 
you know, he, he got, I don't say overshadowed, but he got, uh, he was very efficient in what he did. Um, you know, because he had other guys uh, around him, you know, that could take pressure off him. And then last year he was a, more of a focal guy and he produced at a high level. And so, you know, I, I just, I would rather be in that situation where I have people around me and I'm not getting double team, triple team every play. Yeah. I mean, that's a hit or miss situation when you have that, when you're the only best, you're the best receiver or the best player and they're keying on you and the offense can't go anywhere else, you know. Um, and so your numbers suffer. But when you have other people to be able to take the pressure off of you, um, then your numbers can be you can be efficient. Um, and so he was very, very efficient this year, um, if, I, I think. And I think he's going to be a good pro. Um, well, the thing is, hopefully he stays healthy. If he stays healthy, then he'll, he'll be very productive in someone's system. Okay. What about Cornell Powell? I, I like Cornell, um, especially uh, he came on uh, this year. Late, yeah. I think he was hurt uh, last, last year, but he came on and he showed some explosiveness. He showed that he can, um, you know, catch the ball down the field, uh, beat, a, beat his man one-on-one. He played more into the boundary uh, when Justin Ross uh, got hurt. And so he got um, he got his opportunity. He took advantage of it. Um, he was another guy that stepped up for him that that needed um, to 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 step up, and he he made the best of uh, his situation. I thought it was very very solid. They got him projected in most and as, as a seventh or a free agent, uh, undrafted free agent. But I like Cornell Powell too. I, I don't know if you can go wrong with any other Clemson guys. If you just be, I think it's going to be interesting to see where the skill guys for Clemson go. Yeah, because 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 so much is put on Trevor Lawrence. Because it's like the the receivers for Trevor Lawrence for Clemson are going to kind of be downgraded because they're like Trevor Lawrence was throwing the ball, whereas Mac Jones is the opposite of it. Whereas they're like, you know you were so good because you had so much talent around you. And yeah. so it's, it's going to be interesting to see where the skill guys, because, because even, tri- uh, even ATN, you don't really hear about him that much. You don't, you don't. Leading into the draft. And like that kid could have came out. I, I was surprised he came back. And so it's, it's going to be interesting to see how the NFL values the skill guys with, with Clemson because of, how much hype Trevor Lawrence gets. I'm going to, I'm going to stay on Travis ETN for just a second. And then we'll go to Florida state here, but how much has Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott's uh, careers hurt the opportunity for Travis ETN? Because I think, I think people are a little reluctant now to take that first round running back because of what has happened with Elliott and what has happened with Saquon. Well, Saquon was injuries. Elliott, um, Ezekiel Elliott will be the one that people will, you know, question. But even even then, even even I mean Zeke, I mean he he's a little weird, but a little. It, it, <laughs> but he's just weird though. I, I, like he's weird to the point where I don't think you can hold that against other running backs. 
Yeah. That's a great point. That is a great point. Um, it's, it's, you, it's not. He's a different cat. Yeah. And so you really can't hold the way he is. And the same with, and then with Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley just had injuries, but he's been productive when he's been healthy. He just but that's that's the injuries. point though. When when a guy is injured, I don't feel like his injuries are like necessarily running back injuries. I mean, they are, but like I. I wouldn't hold Saquon Barkley's injuries against drafting another running back, yeah. if, if it makes sense. No, it does. It absolutely does. But ETN is a – I mean, you know, he's just like the other Goldman. Um, when he right. came up, you mm-hmm. know, they were very productive in college. They played three to four years. Uh, they had a great system, great players around them. Um, and – you know, I think ETN will be very similar in that that way. Um, he may come in as something totally different than what he'll probably finish as. Um, he, he can be that Alvin Kamara type type kid. Yeah, um, yeah. Where he he may be a third down guy. You know, his first year and um, and then you return kickoffs like he did in college. Um, and then blossom into, you know, a never down back. So I just think, you know, these drafts, man, that first off, it really doesn't matter where you start. It's kind of where you progress to. Um, and the organization and situations they put you in uh, plays a big part in how they, you know, materialize. So you know, hopefully you can get to a spot where they uh, can use him well and, um, and he can shine. I feel like ATN. You could put him out there because you can you can line him up in the slot, and, and you know in third down in third down um, situations. Yeah, he's he, he's so he's so versatile because he's so good catching the ball, and he's so fast. He's so versatile. I think you can. It, it's weird to me that you don't hear that you, you don't hear that much about him for somebody that's as versatile as he is. But well, yeah. part of that too is like. It, the draft is so quarterback heavy. All you're hearing about is the quarterbacks. But yeah. ATN, like I, said, I was surprised he even came back last year. Yeah, so I, I really think there's a lot of fear. Uh, be, now, not, maybe not legitimized, but still, um, I think GMs are afraid that they're going to run into. Because see, here's the, here's the situation that the, the Giants find themselves in. It's the same one the Cowboys found themselves in that Saquon has done enough to justify a contract, but he's been injured enough to justify not paying him. So you, you're stuck in this weird place, and it's it's a very uncomfortable place to be because everybody knows running backs have a shelf life. I mean, it's, just, it's unfortunate. I heard probably the most disrespectful thing I've ever heard about running backs the other day from uh, Mike Greenberg on ESPN, and I and he said it in a very truthful manner, but it's it was completely disrespectful. He said, uh, "I would I would not take a running back in the first. He said, "No, if a running back was justifiably first round, I would take him in the first round, knowing that I'm only going to get five years out of him, and I'm not going to pay him his second contract." I was like, God, no, that is gangster, right? <laughs> but mama, mama, don't raise your babies to grow up to be running back. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a the hard life. life is so small, and I and like I think Gallman, 
on your ro- on your Giants roster is probably going to hurt ATN because Gallman was a great college running back. Yeah. But he hadn't done anything at the Giants. No. And, and, when we start, I mean, it's relative to, to the offense. So I think we just let him go, didn't we? I think we just let him go to the 49ers. Is that where he's at? I think he's, yeah, I think we just let him go to the 49ers. I'm just saying sometimes you just need need the right be in the right spot. Um, I mean, when we talk about productivity, uh, sometimes it's not even about um, numbers. Um, how many yards? I mean, if you're getting if you're getting featured, then you should have some quality numbers. But if you're just a role guy, then you just need to make sure that your numbers and your productivity is you know is quality. And so I think he's just a quality back that can get it done. Um, and if he's featured, I'm sure he'll probably have decent numbers. But I mean, he's not going to be one of your top tier backs, regardless. But you also, I mean, we can only do comparisons, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the person that we compare him to is going to be the same person. Right. Uh, you know, right. Exactly. Right. Uh, what about Florida State, man? Y'all got a lot of people that folks are looking at, man. Obviously, Asante Samuel being at the top of that list. Uh, big fan of that kid. Yeah, huh? I'm a big fan of that kid. Yeah, Asante Samuel destined to be in the NFL, it appears. Uh, Hansu Nasiruddin. Did I, get, did I even get close? Did I even come close? Nice, man. Probably not. <laughs> but he's projected to be a fifth-round uh, Tamron Terry, wide receiver, respected to be a fifth round. Marvin Wilson, the D tackle, fifth round. Joshua Kando, I know how much you much how much you love that kid, uh, yeah. Charlie. And then of course Jamarius Robinson. Uh, a lot of people have him as coming in as an undrafted free agent, but I don't know. He may sneak on in there in that sixth or seventh round as well. Uh, but what are your thoughts on your guys, Charlie, on the Florida State guys? Well, Sante, of course, you know, everyone's high on him. And, uh, you know, he, he runs a low 4-3 or something, uh, some crazy number, uh, which is good. You know, people are putting his height up against him. But, but I think, he, you know, he'll be able to find a matchup. Um, you know, he, he may be a slot corner uh, for for his, his foreseeable years in the NFL. Right. Uh, and he shouldn't have a long, you know, long career. Um, but in this day and age, you, you know, you never know, you know what the long longevity of it is. But I think he has has quality. Um, Marvin Wilson, I think, uh, I don't know, he, he didn't have a good last year. Um, and I, I kind of talked about that, you know, last week about right. him probably playing a certain way to not get hurt. Um, and he kind of just cruised through. And then we got to a point where the team wasn't going to win, you know, or get to a bowl or whatever the case may be. He just kind of, you know, preserved himself. He probably had an injury and, you know, a minor injury. And he kind of just probably took it easy. But I, I do believe him, believe for him to have, some success, you know, he's going to have to mature, meaning his body and find the right system um, and then get that five-star mentality back. Um, 
the other guys, I mean, they'll probably be good. I would say journeymen, but they'll where, wherever they land, uh, they'll they should be productive. Um, you, I don't know what they're going to turn out to be. I mean, personally, I mean, you never know. Do you feel like they're more undrafted than than? Or do you? Yeah, a few of them. Few of them probably will be undrafted, but I think that's sometimes better if you're like in that situation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Because at least you get a chance to kind of pick and choose where you go, where you may have a better opportunity Mm -hmm. um, to play, Um, but. That's why they always, you know, preach, you know, being versatile. You know, these guys that don't want to be on the special teams uh, in college, when you end up in, your, in this situation, you never know. Uh, because now if you're in that situation, you may – they may look at your tape and say, hey, he can do this on special teams as well as right. what that position is. So, you know, that's a great – uh, asset to have is to be versatile in whatever position you're in. That's good. That's good. Um, the interesting talent, man. I don't know. I, I the one that intrigues me the most is Joshua because the visual looks right. The who? The visual. What he looks like looks right. So it makes you wonder. So, it, it, you know, and, and a lot of times in the draft, man, you've seen as many people get drafted just because of the way they look. Then, you know, man, you know, you see the physique and you see the strength. You say, man, that kid looks like he could be something. So I'm wondering if, if that'll get him over the hump. Uh, now he's, he's solid. Uh, I, I think, you know, if he can find the right situation, now he's a big kid. Um, that you know, I, I think he was very productive for our team last year. He got hurt like uh, in the middle of the season, and then he came back. He sprained the MC, M- ACL or MCL, one of those, mm-hmm. and he ended up coming back and had a really productive end of the year. Um, so I can see him really helping out a team, um, you know, on the defensive line, defensive end. Uh, he rushed the passer uh, pretty good. Uh, Janaris Robinson is another kid that potentially could be very good uh, edge rusher. Mm-hmm. Um, he just he just has to stop going up the field. I just I just had a tough time watching him go up the field and then the ball just go right up beneath him. <laughs> kept, kept seeing that time and time again, and he kept jumping off sides. And so you know, just those little things. I'm sure. Scouts were looking at, uh, but just his heart to help kids in the community. I mean, it's, it's, uh, he had a foundation where he raised money. Wow. Uh, for uh, his hometown, um, Panama in Panama City. He, he played in Panama City Bay. And so he raised money when they had the hurricane uh, come through uh, there a couple years ago. So, wow. You know, it's just that type of mentality and heart that you kind of want around on your team. Um, and he's not a bad football player either. Good glue guy. Um, yeah. Jalen Camp out of Georgia Tech. 
is uh, not really expected to be drafted, but he's his name's in the hat. And then our favorite punter, Presley Harvin, um, although, you know, punters don't get the love they did, they so richly deserve in these drafts. Uh, <laughs> usually they're not trying to hit the hit the roof at the carrier dome. That's that's usually what happens, and that's the problem. <laughs> that's really the problem. They, if they would aim for that, maybe they would get drafted. Who, uh, does, who does that? Well, a crazy I've, person. I've heard rumors. <laughs> that's all I've said. I've heard rumors. Uh, <laughs> Louisville, the top three. Usually quarterbacks. Usually quarterbacks are the ones trying. Um, <laughs> Louisville uh, submitting three big names in uh, Javon Hawkins, Tutu Atwell, and of course, Dez Fitzpatrick. We've already talked about Tutu Atwell or Shaterius, uh, as uh, his friends call him. Um, but what do you think about uh, those three guys? I, I think those three guys are wildly, wildly under under uh, projected. Uh, Javon with third round, uh, Tutu with a fourth round projection, and Dez with a six or seven. But uh, I think they're way better than that. I just thought they got caught in a weird set of circumstances where the quarterback play was less than what it needed to be. The line play was less than what it needed to be. The COVID was more than what they thought it would be. And it's just a weird set of circumstances. I think JV is kind of where you would project a running back just because, you know, running backs generally don't go that high. Yeah. And, and then with Tutu, you can point at his size. Des Patrick is the one that I think is the victim of everything you were saying. Because that kid, he's big, he's fast. He showed out in the senior in the, during the senior senior bowl. He did. And I like that. I too. think I think he has the potential to be one of the steals of the draft because of his size. Because I think two I think Tutu is going to be good. I think Tutu is going to be a. I, I look at him as kind of like you know a great slot receiver, like a Wes Welker, and you know in in that type of mold. But Desmond Patrick, I mean, if you've never seen that kid in person, that kid is huge. Yeah, he looks the part. And he runs like 4-4-40. I mean, it made no sense that UofL didn't get him the ball more. And it made zero sense. And so I think he's a victim of that. And so I think he, I think Desmond Patrick is going to be one of the steals of this draft. Okay. So how big is he? Six four. Oh, I didn't know it was that big. Yeah, he's huge. Oh. He's huge. He's got long arms. He's just big, and he's fast, and he can catch. It's not like he like drops. He has a bunch of drops. No, it's just that for some for whatever reason, and through two coaching staffs, they didn't target him. The way they should have, and so that was a lot of it. But and so, the, but their offenses weren't. The offense wasn't really geared to throw the ball, though. In my opinion, you're right. You're right. But even like before the Petrino, he because he played under Petrino too, which is a pass happy kind. Of, well, it used to be. It used to be, yeah. And they still didn't target him enough. He. I, I really think because of the offenses he played in, he wasn't showcased the way he should have been. I think Des Fitzpatrick is going to be 
a really good receiver in the NFL. Well, and that goes back to what I was saying earlier. You get caught into a, a weird set of circumstances, and all of a sudden, your talent, the tape doesn't match your talent. And so you're like, man, I can't be what I know I'm capable of being because I it's just the opportunity is not there to do it. So, um, but it's interesting. He's interesting. Uh, the Miami team is interesting as well because the Miami team, uh, they got Jalen Phillips and Gregory Rousseau projected first, late first, early second. They got Brevin Jordan projected third, the tight end. And then they got Quincy Roach, the de- also defensive end, projected in the fourth. Three defensive ends going in this draft I, from one team. That seems like a lot to me. Well, they're good, though. <laughs> yeah, right. They're, I mean, they're good. I mean, in our last show, I picked two of their defensive ends. You picked two? <laughs> but, 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 but you didn't pick three, which is my point. I, I it, It's sure. Quincy Roach from the other man out. The third one set out this year, though. Right. Well, but that's what I'm saying. Is he going to be the odd man out because he he doesn't have the 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 the, the recent tape to back it up? Has he done enough to get into the fourth round? Yeah, I mean, he said so. for a reason. He's a pretty good football player. Okay. And you know, I think he'll go higher than the fourth round. To be honest, really. Wow. May may take him higher. Okay, y'all like y'all like Brevin. I mean, uh, Quincy. Huh? Okay, what about North Carolina? They they bring in uh, running backs to the table. Uh, Javante Williams, Michael Carter, both projected to be second and third or third round guys. Uh, I the kid that I love, Deami Brown, wide receiver. I think he's wildly underrated. Um, Chance. I think he kind of finds he falls in the same. Problem with Zez Fitzpatrick. I agree, hundred percent. Agree, hundred percent. Uh, Chad Surratt, inside linebacker, uh, projected to go third round, and then Daz Newsom, uh, the other wide receiver for North Carolina, projected going to six. What do you guys think about the North Carolina guys? Uh, I like the, the wide receiver, Miami. Miami. Yeah, I think he's pretty special. And uh, he'll he'll make a team make a team um, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, the running backs um, they're special as well. I think they'll have some longevity, uh, especially Michael Carter, being that he is a special teams guy as well. He he returns kickoffs. Um, and I think that plays a big that'll play a big part in his uh, draft status, um, also um, because he just he's not just a running back. Uh, he yeah. can return kickoffs, which is something that he did well uh, in college. So I think he's I think that's value there. Surratt, I'm still uh, I don't know I, I thought he's one, okay. I thought he's okay as a yeah. linebacker. Uh, he may be. I know. Unless he puts more weight on, um, I mean, he may have to move it to a different position. I mean, he can put more weight on. Where, where would you move it to, Charlie? Outside linebacker. Outside. If if you're in a three-four scheme or so. Yeah. But I and then again, he may be able to play like the will will linebacker. You know, where you put him in coverage a lot. Um, 
because he just didn't seem like a, a true middle linebacker. He didn't do what you hoped he would do this year. Is that and that and and you saw him play last year well, but I think people were waiting to see him take that next step of aggression. And that right. that didn't happen this year for whatever reasons. Uh, that didn't happen, and that and I think that's what why his grade is more third round or lower. You know, because we talked about right. I mean, I think I picked him in our in our you did you did show. Yeah, I, I like him, but it's the same thing. It's like you did not see that aggression that you expected expected coming from him. But I think I think he's going to be okay once he get. It depends on the system he gets into. It's all about system with him, and I and I would think you know you know what's funny about him, he's probably the perfect patriot, right, right, perfect patriot player, because he's because Bill's gonna give him one assignment, and he's gonna do that assignment extremely well. So don't be surprised he ends up there. You notice that Sean Lee retired today. I did. Are you excited about that, sir? I like Sean. You have to be because he didn't really play. <laughs> I, you know what? I like I like Sean Lee though as a player. Sure, because it's like you just got tired of him being always hurt. Always, That's what but he was that. always hurt because of the way he played. Right. <laughs> so, I'm not saying he, he led with his head all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just to clarify, I wasn't saying that he was bad. I'm just saying. Right, yeah, I know what you're saying. If you're a quality player, you want those guys on the field. Yeah. But you stay on the sideline most of the time, you know, injured. And so, you know, when you're like that, especially in this day and age, I mean, they're retiring, you know, if they're, if they're injured all the time. You know, I don't so. even think he was 30 yet. Yeah, Sean Lee is, is the, the greatest doc dichotomy player we probably ever seen in the cowboy uniform. You he know what he was? Everything he has. But that's you know what problem. Sean Lee was? Sean Lee was Marion Barber at linebacker. Yes. He was he was great. He, he was great he at his point. Yeah. He was great when he played, but you, when, he, when he was great, you can watch him even like that ain't gonna last. Yeah, you can't play like that. <laughs> the way he played well, that ain't gonna he last. Never, he only had one gear. <laughs> right, that yeah, doesn't last. The way the the way those two play, shot. I mean, she, I mean, Marion Barber was one of my favorite Cowboys ever. But so, when I was watching when he in his prime, which is like two years, right. I was like, "There's no way that's gonna last." No, I love watching him play. There's no way it was the same with Sean Lee. It was like this dude leads with his nose. Everywhere, I have, a, I, have a great, I have a basketball comparison to Sean Lee. Kurt Rambis. Basketball, no, no, my basketball comparison was watching Derrick Rose play. When I first saw Derrick Rose play, I said, "There's no way a person can keep this up." Those jump cuts that Derrick Rose play, made, I'm like, "There's no way you're gonna be able to have a 10 year, 15 year group without without significant injury." Because that's that's. He made some of the hardest jump cuts I've ever seen a man, a human being make. And I'm saying, dude, amazing that you're doing it. You obviously don't have, plan on having a really, really long career. So the fact that Derek, that Derek Rose is still playing is a miracle to me. Because it's but I, he I look at Sean Lee change his game though. I look at Sean Lee and think Kurt Rambis. Mm. 
because he, he Kurt Rambis was the same way. He would run right into whatever physicality was happening. That's where Kurt Rambis was. Yeah. <laughs> you only got one gear. Right. And you're going to run right into it. Yeah. Runs right into Kevin McHale. <laughs> Runs right into Robert Perry yeah. and all that. And Sean Lee, he would run face first to whatever big running back was out there. Not really a lot of people coming out of NC State. Alum McNeil is the really only the uh, the only real player that people are projecting to go in the fifth round as a defensive tackle. Um, I don't know. How, I mean, I don't know what kind of thoughts you guys have on Alum McNeil. Do you have any thoughts on Alum McNeil? <laughs> All right, we'll move on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hope they well. hope they hope they get an opportunity. Yeah, I hope we get an opportunity. <laughs> I yeah, I'm indifferent to that whole same <laughs> thing. But uh, Notre Dame is the next richest team, I guess, if you want to say that. I know who uh, Charlie's favorite player is on Notre Dame. Ian Book. No, <laughs> it's not Ian Book. It's number six. Jeremiah Owasu Karamoa. Yeah, Jer- yeah him. <laughs> you are, he's projected to go. He's the be, projected to be the first linebacker off the uh, off the uh, board for Notre Dame. Uh, first round projections, followed by Liam Eichenberg in the second, Tommy right. Trimble in the third as a tight end. Every is what's interesting is about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven players, and they're all projected to be drafted at some point. So, Notre so Dame. That goes to big. Uh, what kind of team they got coming? <laughs> right. I was the same thing when I saw this. I'm like, right. really? I mean, Jimmy, just lo- losing like a quarterback like Ian Book. I mean. How are they going to replace him? Then you got to replace other players too. By the way, Ian Book, uh, me and Charlie laugh at that all the time. The winningest quarterback in Notre Dame history. And that is not hyperbole. That is a real stat. He is the winningest quarterback in Notre Dame history. Bet you never thought you'd hear those words come out of somebody's mouth. I hope, hope Ian Book has a long. Charlie, you love Ian Book. Just tell the truth. He does. You love it. And book, I don't know. He he he, he may be a good backup guy. Practice. I didn't hear you say. I'm sorry. I thought you said practice squad. I didn't. What were you saying? <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever you want to call him. Uh, he, I, I see him start maybe one or two games. Somebody got hurt in the NFL. Yeah, man. He, he as much as you like, as much as you liked him, you're saying he's gonna be a practice squad guy. That's Who what, that's, no, that's what. No, uh, Charlie. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah I said that. Fucking Noah said. That's I said right. that he was gonna be a backup. <laughs> yeah, a backup or someone. He may start one or two games. I can Charlie, see a journeyman. Charlie is a big Ian Book believer. Me not so much. I'm just saying he, he he's a winner, and you won't. That he is. Now you can't take that from him. He is a winner. Hey. He, 
He's won as many games as Justin Fields. He's won more games than Justin Fields. You cannot replace winners. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, Pittsburgh brings to the table uh, Patrick Jones, the defensive end, Patrick Jones, and defensive end Rashad Weaver. Uh, Jones projected to go in the third. Weaver projected to go in the fifth. And then, of course, DeMar Hamlin, the safety, uh, projected to go in the sixth. And Jalen Twyman, the defensive tackle, projected to go in the seventh. I thought we, we talked about all season that Pittsburgh's defense was pretty good. So they were good. yeah, so I would I would think that those projections are not off too far, and maybe not maybe maybe they're better than those projections. Because I, I would think I would think that their defensive ends got a lot of pressure on the quarterbacks. I would think yeah. at least one right. of them will go will go a little bit higher. Go sneak up in there a little. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with that. Uh, Syracuse. Uh, Kendrick Haskins' favorite player of all time, Trill Williams. Trill. Uh, projected to go in the third or fourth. He's got to go to Houston. He has to go to Houston. I mean, if 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 from your mouth to God's ears on that one. Um, he has to go to Houston because that would make Bun B happy. And, and I'm all about Bun be cool. B being happy. What would also <laughs> be cool is if Roger Goodell or Paul Wall would meet him on the podium and hand him <laughs> or a Bun B. Trill. <laughs> upon, upon, upon being drafted to Houston, so hey, play as a DJ Screw. Play some Screw. Defeat the other cornerback, Ifitu Melafonwu. First of all, let me just say this: I am so glad I'm not the guy that has to read these names at the draft because that is a nightmare calling. Do they have to? Have, they, they have to have phonetically spelling on the card. They have to. You would think, but I've seen Roger Goodell butcher a, a, a many of a name. But can you blame him? He feed two melon fondue? Like that is not like you're not. That's not John Smith. Like what are we talking about right now? That's not an easy name. That's why I love the Samoan players because you can't say their names, but they ball. Yeah, they bought. <laughs> How long did they I still have uh, Clemson's quarterback for next year. I still don't have his name figured out at all. Like, I'm nowhere near where I need to be on that name. Uh, say it again, you're, Charlie. I don't know. I ain't going to try to say it again. I <laughs> he said it so confident. The and, first I, time. and I jacked that name up right in front of Dabo Sweeney. Like I, that's how bold Baby, I was. You, you, I you'll know how to, just like two of Tagovailoa, you'll know how to say it by the second and third week of the season. Right, because they go say it. Listen, <laughs> this year, we're gonna be saying it quite a bit. That is true. Yeah, we'll be saying it quite a bit. Uh, the other name out of there, out of Syracuse, Andre Cisco. So here's what's interesting: they have two quarterbacks and a safety projected to go in the third or fourth round. So. Secondary was not their problem. No, the, the problem was was the front seven and the offense. The defense was solid. You uh, said that last week. Secondary was. Secondary was solid. You can run on Syracuse, though. Clearly. And that Cisco kid totally has to dye his hair blonde for the draft. Why, why blonde? Cisco. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know what's sad? I didn't care. I should have caught that. I'm a musician. <laughs> I should have caught that myself. Especially <laughs> being from Louisville. You, How did I miss that? I, I don't know. <laughs> I blame, two, of people, I, two of the people in uh, in Drew Hill, in the current form of Drew Hill from Louisville. Cool. Yes. I, <laughs> I should have known that. That's, that's my fault. I, I'll do better. I haven't eaten dinner, so I think that's what it is. Um, <laughs> Virginia is bringing in offensive, offensive, outside linebacker Charles Snowden, possibly drafted in the fifth round. Any any thoughts on Virginia? The Snowden kid and the uh, what was the other uh, defensive end? They don't have him projected. Oh, they have him free agent. I don't even have him on my list. Oh, the Snowden kid is uh, he was pretty solid. Like yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Virginia Tech projected to have uh, Christian Darisaw, who will definitely probably go late first round. Caleb Farley, probably middle of the late first round. Uh, one of my personal favorites, Khalil Herbert, who will go sometime, somewhere in the second or third. Or Divine Di- Diablo. Now, that is a – that is a uh, dichotomy and juxtaposition name, if ever there was one. Divine Diablo. Yeah, I like that him. kid has to be good. Or bad. <laughs> oh, he has to be good. <laughs> With that name, he has to be good. With that name, he better be good. Divine Diablo. What are your thoughts on him, Charlie? I like him. Uh, he, he kind of reminds me of the, 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 the uh, cornerback I mean, the safety that played for uh, the Seahawks. Oh, uh, really? 31. Thomas? No, number 31. Um, is it Cameron? No, it's not Cameron. Oh, Cam Chancellor. Yeah, Chancellor. Cam Chancellor. Yeah. He wow. that that's a heck of a comparison. Of, of him. Um, that's the kind of player I think he can be. You- okay. Now, wait a minute, Charlie. I want to make sure I'm hearing this. And Chancellor was a monster. I was going to say, I want to make sure I'm hearing this correctly. You're saying Divine Diablo. Did you watch him play this year? I did. I'm just saying, I didn't see Cam. I mean, I just say Cam Chancellor, that's a heck of a person. I'm not not fault. I'm not arguing with it, but I mean, that's a heck of a person. I mean, if you watch watch him play, yes, he's not bad. Okay. Wow. Uh, He he knows. He knows where he's supposed to be, uh, and he made some some very nice plays this year. Uh, he is a hitter as well, um, which you know, Cam Chancellor, he was that. I can see how that, yeah. <laughs> me, like you said, he's a steal. Somebody's gonna steal him because they got him projected uh, as a fifth rounder right now, which is which is probably accurate. Is that accurate? Okay. What's the holes? What's the holes? What's the holes? What's the holes in his game that would keep him at the fifth and not higher? But some people just don't get projected, you know. I was going to say playing safety is probably why he's not projected higher. They don't draft safeties that late, that early in the draft. Or, you know, there's a lot of talent that gets projected and picked up, you know, later. And you know, you hear quite a bit about late round draft picks, you know, having greater great impacts. And so you never know who that guy is, but I think he has potential. I just like the way he, he understands the game, know where he's supposed to be as a safety. 
and he caused havoc. All right. Well, I'm going to keep my eye on Divine Diablo now. I'm, I want to see where right. he's going. I'm like, I hope Dallas picks him up. I like Charlie Ward got you as the next Cam Chesler, my man. But you know, I don't know what Cam Chesler was drafted. That's a good point. I, I don't know that either. Now you got me wanting to look that up, Charlie. Yeah, I'm, I'm, right. I'm just saying we don't know. I mean, we, we look at where they are today and what kind of career they have when we make comparisons. But Cam Chesler could have been a field as far as as long as we know. Well, I mean, I'm about to find out. I can't, I don't want to wait. Uh, Cam Chesley was drafted in the fifth round. <laughs> Look at Charlie Ward out here <laughs> with, the, with the eye for talent. All right. Yeah, I didn't do no homework and, and took that one. Well, now listen. Now, now, I, want Cam, now I want the uh, Divine Diablo in a Giants uniform. So there you go. Um, finally, Wake Forest, Carlos, Carlos Basham Jr., that's the defensive end, projected to go late first, early second. Jamie Newman, the quarterback, oh, no, no, no. They got him listed as, as uh, is he going in the Hall of Fame as Wake Forest or University of Georgia? Jamie? Yeah. The one that, <laughs> that's a great point. The one that I looked at was they have him listed as Wake Forest, so I don't know. I, I think Wake Forest is just desperate to have some – Somebody with their name on it. Because there's only three players. Uh, Carlos, Jamie Newman, and Sage Surratt. Is Sage Surratt? The, yes. Okay, brother. I was like, there's got to be. They got to be related in some way. It's not that many Surratts in the world. Right. I'm, I'm thinking they cousins or something. Uh, okay. Uh, they're, brothers. they're brothers. Okay. So he's projected to be a six or seven round wide receiver pick coming out of Wake Forest. So. <laughs> a lot of people like Carlos Basham. Yes. He's like a nice edge rusher. Yeah. Um, I now, Kendrick. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got let, we'll talk more draft on Wednesday. I have to ask you both this question, uh, because we have not done this in a while. Our non-ACC question of the night. I cannot tell you how stunned I was to oh. hear. That Kim Mulkey was leaving Baylor. To go what is that? You, I, I'm, I'm, and it looked well. But see, here's the thing, Charlie. Uh, we did some digging on the last show. It appears that she's leaving Baylor, where she was making two point two million dollars a year, to go to LSU. Well, she'll be making a whopping two point five. So. So $300,000, so $300, that's not. So, so I'm going, that doesn't make sense. So now that's, that's, those are rumors that we, you know, I don't think. Maybe it's, it's just a change. I, I just kind of figured that maybe she's just looking for a change of pay, change of venue. That's really how I looked at it. I didn't even look at the money. I just figured that she's been at Baylor for that long and she just wanted something different. That's how I just looked at it. I mean, and then, then when you throw those figures out at me, I'm like, like it kind of confirms it to me. It's like well, she sure, just wanted to get out of Baylor. I'm sure they um they gave her some other something incentives and whatnot. Yeah, we'll, we'll help you with a new facility. Or I mean, I I'm just I don't know what it was, but you know she was she was kind of living down there in LSU land when our her, her son was playing baseball there. So 
I mean, there's new administration there now, but she knew the land, you know, the lay of the land, so to speak, down in uh, yeah. the country. So, um, and then she's from that, that area, not that area, but from the state. Well, you went to Louisiana Tech, you know. Yeah. So. I just, I just, I, you know, and listen, Kim is a Hall of Famer, so I, she, I'm sure she's going to have some success there at LSU. Um, I, I guess I'm just looking at you. Baylor women's basketball is Kim Mulkey. That's 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 what they are. Like I didn't even know they had a women's team until she got there. So so I don't know it. That was shocking. that was shocking to me. Three national championships. So who I was I was surprised, but like I ain't gonna lie, I'm not the biggest Kim Mulkey fan. Well, I'm not saying I'm a fan. I'm just saying, but, I, was but I, yeah. I I just felt like it was. A, it was I think it was more of I've been here this long. I just I just kind of want to change venue. Well, you just don't see you don't see Hall of Fame coaches like that leaving their program that they built from the ground up. Right. That's that's what was shocking to me. Like, really, this is... But there's some stuff there. There's some stuff there, especially if you if you interview Brittany Griner. There's stuff there. Is this preemptive? I, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to speculate. Yeah, well, I'm just, you know... It just see it's, it's a striking move. It's a striking move. Um, I I mean I, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean that's kind of over my head. Man. I don't know. I don't know what we're talking about either, Charlie. So it, it might be there was some Britney Griner stuff. Yeah. There was there was some Britney Griner stuff. Well, that kind of was like mm. okay. So well, uh, I know someone's going to inherit a quality program. Oh yeah. Um, even though. You know, she's left. She may take some of their better players with her. Um, they may get in a portal. I don't know who's going to, you know, there's transfer portal, which uh, that's another whole story. I'm just not a big, big fan of it. Um, I, I think there should be some accountability to it. Um, but it's it's starting to get to a point now where and it's going to get even messier unless they come in and clean it up where coaches are going to start taking players to where they you know like following the coach uh type of scenario yeah. and you know coaches are going to start picking poaching and off of other players i mean off of other uh teams right in the conference mm-hmm. i mean you're starting to see that a lot to me, I mean, this is a doggy dog world. I understand that it's cutthroat, um, you know, in the business, a lot of them. And it's going to get really, really nasty. And then they're going to have to come back and clean that up. Yeah. Um, when it's all said and done. And so I think, uh, you know, her going to LSU really opened up the door for them to probably go after someone else that is a high profile coach. Because you can't have a Kim Mulkey and then you have a startup. Yeah, you got to go get a name. And so, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to go get a, what's the girl, Dia Barnes, but she is an Arizona Wildcat through and through. Yeah, I, I would be surprised if she left to go to Baylor. Yeah, so it would be interesting to see who they who they go out and, and try to get. Is Jeff a candidate, Kendrick? I haven't heard that, but 
I would imagine he. I, mean, I would imagine they would make that call. I mean, with the success he's had at Louisville, I would imagine they would make that call. And, and then that they would. I would imagine they would make the call to Matthew Mitchell. I mean, he stepped yep. down from UK for health reasons, but yeah. I mean, he did a he did a great job at Kentucky. He built that program. I mean, Kyrie Elsie's kind of. She's picked it up and done. She did a good job last year, and you I mean you just never know if you know they call and say how's your health doing. So I would imagine both of those two could be possibly in the mix. Is there anybody else that could be lured back? Like maybe um, uh, is 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 Peck done? Is is because um, uh, there's a couple of people sitting in broadcast booths on ESPN that could you know maybe be lured back. Because that team is ready to make a run next year if they can hold, you know, the players. I would imagine there's a lot of a lot of people that are looking at that job as raise opportunities. Yeah, yeah. But they gotta go get I don't some. know. It's, it's so late, though. That's that's the thing that cra- that, that kind of confused me because it's so late because you're like you're in the in the depth of recruiting at this point. Yeah. Well, but everybody's building for the transfer portal, like what Charlie was saying anyway. So, Charlie, what yeah. was you trying to say? I was just saying, um, you know, I don't know if it's a dead period or not, but um, it, it is. But I don't think uh, it has, they got to go get somebody that's going to be a high profile. For, uh, <laughs> yeah, you got to get a name. You got to go get a name. You can't, you can't go down and get. Uh, Unless, unless the person is on the staff already, like I, unless it's a person on the staff already, I could totally see that. Yeah, I would imagine that. I'm really and truly thinking about it. I'm like, you Louisville fans need to be a little bit nervous. <laughs> I mean, he's the best. Jeff Walls is the best name out there. He's he's gonna get the call. I would imagine. And then here's the thing. He's gonna. That's a program that is going to prioritize over everything women's basketball because the men just got good. Women have been good. Women been good for many, 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 many years. So definitely, you know, they're gonna have to get somebody like him. Yeah. You know, like Texas winning guy, Vic Schaefer. From Mississippi State, he had built that program, and they were like Elite Eight for a few years and made it to the Final Four, I think, maybe a year or so, a couple of years. And then he just up and left his program that he had kind of built and went to Texas. Yeah. Um, so, they could go get the girl that was the interim coach at Florida State that, that said that's it. An option. That's an option. <laughs> <laughs> That doesn't even need a response. <laughs> Just <saying>. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna drink some water and close out the show. Uh, Omar, it makes a great point. Um, sometimes, yeah, you Omar, never want to be the person replacing the person. <laughs> you want yeah. to replace the person that replaced the person. Um, so that's a great point that he makes. Um, I, I, yeah, I think it's going to be a name. I think they're going to try to go hit a home run and, and, uh, or a grand slam really. Um, maybe they can lure somebody back out of retirement. 
I mean, if, if, if you're going to go get someone, I mean, they're going to look for someone that's kind of built the program yeah. to, to a certain level. And like you said, Jeff Walls kind of fits that model. That's what I'm saying. He's got, they, they're gonna, he's gonna get a call, I'm sure. Oh yeah. yeah. And here, yeah. here's this contract. Here's this contract for two point two million. Five <laughs> years, two point two million a year. <laughs> With Louisville, Kendrick Haskins, in your opinion, in your uh -huh. opinion, knowing the the lay of of Louisville basketball. And sports over there, will they match that contract? Yep. Yeah, they'll match it. The problem is not the matching it. The problem is the profile, because you're always playing second fiddle or third. In Jeff's case, third fiddle to, or maybe even fourth, depending on how you want to look at it. Uh, you're always playing, you know, behind the men's sports. Whereas at Baylor, the women and the men are on equal footing. Are they? Yeah. Because they've had more, <laughs> the women have had more success. Listen, I know it, but, I, but like, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm really, I'm, at the end, I'm not really even like debating. Man. I'm really that, asking. Yeah. Because, I mean, because, yeah, the women have, women have won more, but the men just won. Right. But think about this, though. When the and men. Like, were and going, like, and like, because like, the pedestrian fan knows RG three more than they know Kim Melky. No, but I would I would argue this. They know in in Texas they know RG three and Brittany Griner. You know what I'm saying? Like the women were sustaining that program when the men were in the toilet. But they know Brittany Griner more than they know Kim Melky. I agree. I agree. That's what I'm saying. That's 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 what I'm saying. I. I think I think it's a it's a destination job, uh, fully supported by the administration, and I think Louisville fans should be deeply concerned. I think they should be worried. I do. I, I, I do agree. I, I do agree. Concerned. I think they yeah. should be worried. Yeah. They should yeah. be worried. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, we'll take a seventy-two hour break. Come back and do this again on Wednesday. Um, believe in the ACC. That's Charlie Ward. That's Kendrick Haskins. Uh, it's late in the midnight hour, but. We love each and every one of you for hanging out with us as long as you did. God bless you. God keep you. And we'll be back on Wednesday. I'll have some derby stuff on Wednesday. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> we'll see y'all next week. We'll see y'all Wednesday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. 
with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.